Our scripture I'm reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 26 through 39. Let us listen now for God's word to us. Sorry, 24 to 39. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the household Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them. For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the Father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be the member of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Those who... And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord. When I was growing up, one of my favorite shows to watch was called Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know if anybody remembers this or saw this show. But it was about a group, a group of kids. It was on Nickelodeon on Saturday nights. A group of kids who, at that time, were about the same age as me. And they had this secret club called the Midnight Society. Sounds very ominous, right? Every week, they would meet together at a secret location in the woods around a campfire. And they would tell scary stories to each other. Now, these were never like violent or gory or anything like that. But you know, for an eight-year-old, they were absolutely terrifying. I mean, I, I still remember some of these stories that, that haunt me. And so each week, the show would open in exactly the same way. After an opening sequence that was replete with this, you know, kind of haunting, scary music, images of abandoned playgrounds and scary-looking attics and clowns and things like that, these kids would kind of slowly stream into this remote forest location one by one. And they would have some small talk, catch up on what's going on. And then one of them would begin to introduce his or her story for the week. And with all the gusto that they could muster, you know. And trying to build the suspense and the anticipation for this story. 
And then they would grab this bag that had some kind of magic powder or something in it, and they would say this iconic line that anyone who's ever seen the show will surely remember. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story the tale of the twisted claw, or whatever the name was for that week. And then they would toss this powder on the fire, and it would you know, flame up like that. It was just this perfect, dramatic effect for the beginning of a scary story. I remember in the very first episode, when we were first introduced to this secret society, they're initiating a new member, so we get to kind of see how this goes. And one of the members, who was the oldest of the group and kind of the, the leader, he says this. He says, we are called the Midnight Society. Separately, we're very different. We like different things. We go to different schools, and we have different friends. But one thing draws us together the dark. Each week we gather around this fire to share our fears and our strange and scary tales. It's what got us together, and it's what keeps us coming back. This is a warning to all who join us. You're going to leave the comfort of the light and step into the world of the supernatural. I mean, even reading that today kind of sends chills down my spine. From a young age, we are learned, we learn to fear the dark. The dark is where scary things happen. It's where scary stories are told. If this were a show about kids who hung out on a playground in the middle of the afternoon and told scary stories, it wouldn't, it wouldn't quite resonate, right? Because the dark is a place of vulnerability, a place of complete unpredictability. You have no idea what could potentially be there. In almost every horror movie ever, there's that predictable scene, that moment, where one of the characters is, you know, finds his or herself in a, in a dark, abandoned house or building or something like that, and you just know, I mean, you know that something is going to jump out and scare you, right? You know it, you see it coming, and yet when it comes, you still jump. You jump right out of your seat. It still scares you, even though it's completely predictable. Because darkness and fear go hand in hand. And fear is a very powerful force. So powerful, in fact, is fear that um, many politicians and, and folks in the media are constantly trying to prey off of our fear, trying to get what they want by fear, whether it's more votes, more viewers, more money, potentially. The dominant narrative on our 24-hour news networks is all about whom we should fear. Who, who are these people that we should be afraid of and these ideas that we should be afraid of? And not surprisingly, it's usually people who look or think very differently from us that we are told we should fear. With each passing election cycle, we're introduced to a new enemy, depending on which side of the ideological divide we fall. We live in a world that is dominated by a sky-is-falling mentality and a culture that thrives, absolutely thrives, on fear. And unfortunately, we have to admit that it works. Fear moves us in ways that other things simply do not. And over and over and over, in the text we read this morning, we hear Jesus say, Have no fear. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. This section of Matthew's Gospel is often referred to as the mission discourse. 
Jesus is speaking to his disciples, preparing them to go out and to preach the good news on their own, sending them out. But before they go, he shares these words with them. Words of comfort, to be sure, but also brutally honest words about what they will face. Jesus knows the power of fear, and he also knows the difficulties and the trials that they will encounter as they are out there. So he entreats them over and over to not be crippled by fear. But he doesn't sugarcoat it either. I mean, he tells them pretty directly. He lets them know that their lives will literally be on the line and that they must be willing to lose them if they will be his disciple. There is a cost to discipleship. There is a cost to faithfulness. And not only will their lives be at stake, but even the relationships that they've had for so long, the people who have nurtured them, cared for them, raised them, even these relationships will be at risk. Because to be faithful to the mission that Christ has given us sometimes means that divisions will happen. Sometimes people will get pushed away or will push us away. So as he prepares to send them out, he tells them their lives will be threatened, people will say all sorts of slanderous things about them, and their most basic and intimate relationships, that with their parents or their children, will be in jeopardy. Even your own father and mother might want nothing to do with you, he tells them. So where do I sign up, right? This sounds so great. This is one of the more kind of surprising sections of, of Jesus' teachings. The notion that Jesus came not to bring peace, but the sword kind of flies in the face of that you know, free love hippie Jesus that we're used to seeing in a lot of popular culture. And it's especially strange when we read it alongside many other things that Jesus said, like, blessed are the peacemakers, or when we remember that ancient title for Jesus, the Prince of Peace. But sometimes being a disciple means making difficult decisions, decisions that may even ostracize you from the people that you love. Sometimes it means making, taking a stand no matter what the cost, no matter what others might think or say or do to you. One of the unfortunate realities of the church is that since its, in, since its inception has been its propensity for division. The sad truth that our history bears out is that we are far better at divorce than we are at marriage. We are much better at walking away than we are at staying together and trudging through difficult times together, learning to love one another in spite of our differences. Now, as many of you are probably already aware, and we've mentioned already this morning, that our denomination has made some big and somewhat controversial decisions this week. Many are celebrating those decisions, and many are lamenting them. I watched along online during uh, many of the debates, especially for the controversial stuff, you know, because that's, that's really the stuff you want to see and paid close attention also to the conversations that were happening on social media. While many of the arguments and the sentiments that were offered, uh, whether for or against a particular issue, had to do with a clear desire to be faithful to God and to the movement of the Spirit, there were many that were also so clearly driven by fear. A fear of what will happen if this passes, or if this doesn't pass, if we make this decision, or if we don't. 
you know, what, what are we becoming? Will, will people leave the church? Is the church going to die now because of this? So many questions swirling and so easily forgetting that what matters is not our fear of how we're perceived or even how our decisions might affect membership. But are we being faithful disciples? Is this what God is calling us to? Is this what God wants from us? Are these decisions in line with the mission that Christ gave us? Those are the only questions that matter. Probably my favorite line in the Book of Order, which is half of the constitution of our denomination, says this. The church is to be a community of faith, entrusting itself to God alone, even at the risk of losing its life. So our calling as the church, as this denomination, is no different than that what was given to the original disciples in this text. We're called to be faithful, even if it means losing our lives, even if it means the death of the church. Now, it's not my intention to tell you what you should think about each of the decisions that were made or what you should believe about what, com what came out of General Assembly this week though I do hope we can all unite in constant prayer for our church. Whatever our feelings and responses to them, let us not be guided by fear, but by a fervent desire to be faithful to God alone, no matter the cost. For many, this is a time of darkness for the church. And as we know, darkness and fear are intimate companions. But, Perhaps this is an opportunity for us to rethink or reimagine what darkness is. Interestingly, in verse 27, Jesus says, What I say to you in the, dar in, in the darkness, tell in the light. So, Jesus continues to speak, even in the midst of darkness, even in the midst of our fear. Jesus continues to speak. There is no darkness great enough to separate us from the presence of our loving Father and the love of our gracious Savior. So may this be for us a time of listening in the darkness, hoping against hope that Jesus will speak to us anew. And if we listen carefully, my hunch is that we'll hear him saying, have no fear, do not fear. Do not be afraid. So let us not fear the dark. Perhaps we are even being invited into the dark so that God can speak to us and give us something new to say into the light so that God can whisper something to us that we will proclaim from the housetops. And let us remember that we are called to be faithful to God alone, no matter the cost. Our call to discipleship renders secondary all other claims upon our identity and allegiance, whether denominational, political, even familial. We are called to take up our crosses as Christ took up his. Christ took his cross and marched it into the heart of darkness without fear. So let us not fear the darkness, but let us listen together for how God may be whispering to us, even here. Amen.